<laughs> now I actually have to figure out the name of the podcast. Welcome to Your Gay Book Club, a monthly, virtually meeting, online discussing podcast book club. Every month we are reading books that are by or about or center queer people like you and me and celebrate all the things that make us being us so awesome. I hope that you will join us and read the books and contribute to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Mia, and I started this book club to make virtual community with LGBTQIA people during quarantine and basically to rejuvenate my love for reading books. Um, I want to share a little bit about myself and who I am. I'm sure a lot of you know me in real life, but for those of you who don't or those of you who don't know me very well, I went to Mount Holyoke College where I studied English and Gender Studies. Um, While I was there, I became interested in reproductive justice and I decided to pursue nurse midwifery, um, kind of totally changed things up uh, like junior year or something like that. So I ended up finishing my degree there and immediately began applying to nursing school. Um, I ended up going to Simmons College, uh, Simmons University now, for an accelerated nursing program. And since then, I've been working as a nurse in an intensive care unit for about a year and a half. Part of the push for me to start Your Gay Book Club is because of the burnout that I've been experiencing just working as a new nurse in critical care, um, but especially after um, working in critical care during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, I felt really burnt out. I felt really like at a loss for feeling connected to myself or to other people that I share identity with. So. I like to think of my roundabout education to nursing, kind of like studying poetry specifically, um, but studying English at Mount Holyoke and studying gender studies. I learned to do what I love better, to read and write. I was writing like weird poetry about fruit and robots and gender theory and birth. Um, While in nursing school, I was trained in a hands-on way to bring those ideas of intersectional feminism into clinical healthcare, which is often lacking them. (laughs) Um, So onto some of my favorite things to read. So a few years ago, I was going through an absolutely miserable breakup. Um, I went to visit my dad who was living in Florida at the time who also had just been dumped. We were both just sitting on the beach in the sun like that scene from Sweeney Todd where Sweeney Todd and Mrs. Lovett are on a picnic and they're just like goth as hell looking, pale and frowning as the sun is shining down on them. But I had just finished nursing school and finally began to read for fun again. I had decided that after being so immersed in cis heterobiomedicine patriarchy, that I wanted to read gay books and gay books only. That I wanted to immerse myself in the exact opposite of the world that I had been reading. So I finally began to read Alison Bechdel's Essential Dykes to Watch Out For, which my best friend had sent for my birthday, also with a very carefully bubble-wrapped Smirnoff ice that I was then forced to chug for tradition's sake. So miserable on the beach, I began to read what is now likely my favorite book of all time. I had never felt that just came home, seeing yourself in something you're reading, finally breath of fresh air, this is where I've been feeling in so long. If you're not familiar, Alison Bechdel is a cartoonist. Her memoir, auto, semi-autobiographical, mostly autobiographical book, Fun Home, graphic novel, I should say, 
became an amazing Broadway play. I saw it off, 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 off Broadway um, alone at a community theater here in Boston and sobbed. It is amazing. Dykes to Watch Out For is a compilation of Bechdel's 20 at least year running comic, which reads beautifully like a graphic novel. And the cast of characters are the smartest, most three-dimensional queer community you've ever seen. Um, reading it, and each comic is dated, like, it's hard to believe that characters like this and such diversity, inclusion, and critique of queer community could so eloquently be created um, in the 90s and 2000s. I mean, maybe that's me being a naive millennial about queer history, but I mean, so many depictions that we have and representation that we have of queer community and of especially lesbians, like the L word, are so entrenched in transphobia and anti-blackness that the way that the characters in this book, and not just, you know, it's not a, a fake world where none of these issues exist, none of these issues come up, they, they're confronted um, it's so beautiful and so cool. And if Dykes to Watch Out For was the lesbian show um, instead of the L word, the human race would know world peace. But probably not because capitalism is evil. But seriously, it is so good. Some of my other favorite queer writing include Anne Carson's autobiography of Red. Um, I was doing an internship one summer in Jacksonville, Florida, and I was reading this book outside of a coffee shop when some guy came up to me. In a weird attempt to flirt with me, he claimed that this book was one of his favorites, and I was like, mm, definitely not. So I was like, oh, really? Meanwhile, like, the whole time I'm thinking, this is a novel in verse that is a queer retelling of a Greek myth set in the 90s. It's one of the most strange and moving pieces of writing that I think I've ever read. And eventually the guy admitted that he'd never actually even heard of it, but maybe he read it after, and now he's listening to the podcast. So, hi there, welcome, glad I helped you uh, out of the closet by suggesting you read this book. Anyways, this is one of those books that every single time you read it, you realize you hardly understood it before. There's nothing I wish I had written myself more. I ended up lending someone my copy, which makes my heart hurt if I think about it too long because I never got it back. If you're listening and you have my copy, um, I'll send you my address and you can mail it back to me. Another book that I want to talk about is Ruby Fruit Jungle by Rita Mae Brown, which is definitely a problematic fave. It's published in 1973 and you can definitely tell, but uh, reading it and situating it in its context, it's one of the earliest lesbian novels published. I mean, of course, like, I'm sure that this has plenty to do with who published what and readership and circulation and the complicated system of privileges then and now surrounding white lesbianism. Um, but the book is so explicit in its discussions of lesbianism, of self-identification and childhood and queer family and chosen family that reading it made me blush, like made me feel too seen almost. And one time I was reading this on the train and a beautiful woman sat next to me and said, oh, I love that book. And like a dope, instead of responding, I just sweated profusely until she left and then realized I had fucked up. I, I don't understand why people have the this idea that they should hit on you while you're reading. I'm like, I am literally in another universe. This is not the place or time. Literally. Literaturely? <laughs> okay, anyway. These are some of my favorite queer books and I've talked a little bit about um, why I love them so much and, you know, there's something so special about reading books that are about 
queer people. You know, I had gone to Catholic school, so things took a little while to make sense, even after they had already started to make sense to me, to make sense in a context of the outside world. There was a little bit of a delay. And I remember one year for Christmas, I asked my parents to buy me like 10 different books that were about gay people. And they were like, most of the books had the same plot and were written by straight people where like a girl and her gay guy best friend were both interested in the same guy. And the book was about them trying to figure out the other guy's sexuality and wondering and guessing and projecting for sure. And um, like the challenge on their friendship that it had. And I found these books like probably on Amazon suggested you know, one after the other, and put them all on my Christmas list and read them all. You know, very few of the books were about lesbians. And I was so hungry for any representation of queerness that it didn't even matter if it looked like me, that it gave me some understanding that like, this was real, and this didn't exist in my head. And this didn't exist in only a negative context the way that I had been learning about it. And I think that making this podcast and making the initiative to try and read more books by queer authors and artists and reading books about queer people has kind of reminded me and given me a little bit of sympathy for that childhood exposure that I initially had and that kind of hunger for representation. And I think that now more than ever where I can't go to a bar and see people who look like me and feel comfort and community and home in that way, it's so rewarding. And I mean, the world is pretty... <laughs> fucking miserable right now to be transported to another world and not another world where I'm forgetting my queerness but another world in which I am in fact celebrating it and a lot of the books that have been suggested to me the book that we're currently reading is a young adult novel um, our young adult novels and it's it's a really interesting scenario to feel like these are the books that I wanted to read and that I'm still that kid but I also have that community, have built that community, have built that life for myself in my real world too. And so to be transported and in that nostalgia back to what it felt like to be hungry for that kind of community and representation and to see it written down somewhere that other people were thinking and questioning these feelings as well is, is still having an impact on me as an adult, as a lesbian woman. Um, it's still moves me to to see it written on the written page and to feel that kind of relationship to stories that I'm reading. That's kind of uh, the gist of what I wanted to say in this introduction episode. Um, and I, I would love to hear, you know, why you think reading queer books is important. What are some of your favorite books that you continue to return to and why? And I hope that you will engage with me as we begin to look for that community with each other and in discussion of books that represent and celebrate and challenge us. I hope you'll tune in next episode. Uh, we'll be discussing Sarah Farazin's Tell Me Again, How a Crush Should Feel, uh, which won our poll for August Book of the Month. If you tune into our Instagram, I will be sharing some discussion questions and looking for feedback and um, seeing what you guys are thinking about the book as we read it. So you can follow us on Instagram at Your Gay Book Club, and you can also check for updates and polls and links via the link tree in our Instagram bio as well as on our blog, which is yourgaybookclub.blogspot.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.